after further review as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. <laughs> he is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Fula. Back at it here on 88.3 WT. After further review, got Noah Frank's rant. Talked a little bit about youth basketball. And now we got the preview from David the Man of God Harris on the NFC North. And we'll start off with the Detroit Lions. Just why, why, what, wait a minute. Why Don't you normally, when you do these previews, you usually have it where um, you start with the first place team to the last place team? Yeah, we can do first to last. Okay, so who who do you who do you actually? I want to I want to predict this. Who do you actually have possibly being first? Do the do the Green Bay Packers? Do they rebuild and get a new coach and kind of get away from their drama? The Bears repeat. Uh, what about the Vikings? Could Kirk Cousins finally get it done? I don't know if the Lions will be in first place though. Those well, old I, kittens won't be there. Uh, I don't think they will, but I think what I will say something about USA Today's prediction what? has them going at three and thirteen. That good old Matt Patricia, huh? You wanted to get I, I, rid look, of look, look, you wanted look. to get rid of Caldwell, and you brought okay. in Patricia. Tom, okay, let, let me let me just start by saying look. USA Today thinks that the Lions are going to be as bad as the Miami Dolphins. And that could be a possibility. David I think, says I sounds th- about right. I mean, no, no, no. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry, the pencil this, pusher's not pushing it right. I'm sorry. This, I mean, look. Say, I mean, look. I don't expect the Lions to be contenders, but I'm sorry, but to say that they're going to be. He, the worst team in the NFL this year is just ass a nine, ass a ten, ass eleven, ass a twelve. Thank you, Stephen A. Smith. Well, where do you think they're going to be at? I'm, I mean, remember your predictions get really people fired up. On I Twitter. mean, I could. I mean, if I mean if they were to pr- predict them to go six and ten, five and eleven, okay, I could understand that more. But three and thirteen? Come on! And you got rid of Caldwell for this. I mean, look, I, w- I was no Caldwell fan. Well, we know you weren't because yeah. every week you always and heck, I'm still dog in the man. And heck, I'm still not entirely sold on Patricia. I think Patricia's it, been the wrong hire since day one. I mean, I said that on I said that on this show. You, you, you trying to get Quinn in the Patriot way? Just face it. Well, I'll even st- just I'll, face it. Bill I'll Belichick st- is the mastermind of the Patriot and, way, and, and his little disciples don't do. This anything. is something that I heard. Good for. Good friend Justin Spiro say, the Patriot way didn't start in New England until after they won their third championship. What do you mean? The, 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 when, they cut Ty, when they cut Ty Law. That's when the Patriot way started? That was what That was what it started. That's when they started moving guys. That's when they really started moving guys out. And it didn't matter what they had 
how many championships they won there, how long they'd been there. Says okay, I think that's an entity of the Patriot Way, but that's not entirely the Patriot. Oh, it's way not, I'm not saying it's an it's entirely, but I think that was when a big, big piece of the Patriot Way really began. So they won three championships. Now all of a sudden, the Patriot Way. Well, what happened before the first three championships? Was it just the NFL way? Well, we'll explain that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'll have, to, I'll have to ask Justin a little bit more on that one. Yeah, because that doesn't really make sense to me at all. But with, go ahead, and we'll get to the Lions a little bit later. We'll, we'll really dissect them. Who's your first place team? All right, so we'll go first to last. And similar to my previous prediction, give your key loss, your key gain, and my one big question before we give our record prediction. Mm. So 2019, I have the Minnesota Vikings taking the division. Minnesota Vikings, so it's it's their year, huh? I I think it's their year. I think they finally get over the hump. Okay, okay. So Kirk Cousins actually cashes in with that big contract. Kind of, sort of. I still think Kirk Cousins will still be kind of middle of the road, and it will be more of their defense kind of stepping up. So key loss for the Minnesota Vikings, Sheldon Richardson, who took the big money deal to go to Cleveland. I think you can re- kind of replace that presence on the defensive line, but having a veteran presence that is as intimidating as Richardson was last season, I think there will be a significant loss, and it will be felt within that kind of defensive pass rush. Mm-hmm. My two key games for the Vikings are players that they re-signed to four-year extensions, and Adam Thielen and Kyle Ruloff. I'm feeling, along with Stephon Diggs, you could say the best once you wide receiver tandem in the NFL. And both are easily could be 1,500-yard receivers and number one options on any team in the NFL. And then you pair them with Kyle Rudolph, a reliable tight end that right now you could easily say it's top two or top three, along with Travis Kelsey. And then if you want to throw in kind of a Zach Ertz in Philadelphia, but kind of having those two weapons to help with that offense, especially knowing Kirk Cousins is going to be Kirk Cousins, I think that gives defenses that much more to be worried about. And so my one big question for the Vikings are, can this team actually be a legitimate NFC title contender? And I say that knowing that a couple of years ago they had that crazy loss in the playoffs in the last play. Last season, they kind of took a little step back. Can they get back to the NFC knowing that if they have home field advantage, knowing how solid their defense has been, and knowing that they have the ability offensively to put up points, I think the Super Bowl for the NFC could go through Minnesota. And that's something that you really couldn't say a couple years ago with certainty, but I think the Vikings have a possibility this year of getting it done. I I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to say that the Vikings could win the North. I I honestly believe that's probably the Packers. I think think that the way they've kind of tried to get things going in the right direction, bringing in Matt LaFleur's coach, and they really kind of went all in on getting their defense better as well. Plus, they still got Aaron Rodgers. I think that I think the Packers bounce back. I think they win the division as well. I I actually have the Vikings as second place. 
as well. And David, I mean, we'll kind of, I mean, I'll let you, I'll let you give something on the Packers because I, I have them first. Where do, you have them in second? I have them in third. Oh, okay. Well, we'll. Okay. Well, I actually would put the the I. I'll spoiler. I got the Bears in third place, but I mean third good. place. I'll I'll explain it later, but I'm gonna let I'm gonna let David uh, speak his piece on the Bears. Mm, go ahead. Okay, so of course the biggest losses for the Bears are more coaching coordinator, so losing Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel, two catalysts that really helped the Chicago Bears defense kind of have people yearning for the monsters of the Midway moniker, and so I'm just kind of curious, switching up. That defensive personnel, will that affect the defensive side of the football? Knowing that you have a top five defensive player in Kilo Mac, knowing kind of the trajectory the defense showed last year, kind of can understand that sometimes taking coordinators means that the, you know the ship keeps going, but sometimes if you shift things too much, that kind of puts players out of whack. My key gains for the Chicago Bears, David Montgomery, the rookie from Iowa State. I think he's going to come in and be an instant plug-and-play guy, a solid piece for Mitchell Trubisky in terms of a weapon. I think he can kind of take the role of Jordan Howard, but because you have that kind of scat back, kind of with Tariq Cohen and now Montgomery, two smaller running backs that really aren't your power three-down backs, that's going to say something about how the Bears line up offensively and kind of do their play calling, which leads me to my one big question for Chicago Bears. Who are the weapons going to be? Like, we don't, like, outside of Allen Robinson as the one receiver, like, who else is going to be healthy enough to actually play wide receiver, play tight end? Like, with the running back, are your running backs going to be your solid receiving options? Like, what offensively is going to happen in Chicago? Well, he, he, a lot of people aren't really that photo on Mitch Trubisky to begin with. Yeah. And because well, now that you're like, eh, we have a couple pieces here or there, but is that going to be enough to really help him kind of maintain this positive trajectory? Or is it because he doesn't really have that solid, I have this star wide receiver, this star pass catcher, is that going to help him start to reverse? Well, here here's my thoughts on the Bears, David, and I think that last year they were essentially what Jacksonville was two years ago. I mean, offensively they were kind of rough, but defensively they were amazing. And you got to remember that the Bears had eight touchdowns. Hey, scored eight defensive touchdowns. I mean, that's the law. The law of averages says that's gonna regress. Uh, so that's why that's why I don't have them as high as you do. I mean, look, can Trubisky take the next step forward, be an elite quarterback? That's something that remains to be seen. And I know offensively, I mean, outside of Allen Robinson, who's going to catch the ball? I know you have uh, Taylor Gabriel, who's a nice slot receiver, the corpse of Cordero Patterson, <laughs> and, you know, Riley Ridley. Yeah, Ri- yeah Riley. Riley I mean, Riley. In. Yeah. I mean, your tight ends outside of Trey Burton are, are seemingly guys who were just picked up off the street. 
I mean, defense. I mean, look, yeah. defensively. I mean, they got. I lo- I like who they have on their defense. I mean, you got. I mean, look, you got. I mean, I don't think. I think Roquan Smith can take a very big step forward. I'm heard this year. I mean, obviously they got Khalil Mack, who we all know about. Out, but the thing. But the thing is, I don't. Th- uh, there's no way that defense is going to be scoring eight touchdowns this year. Here, I mean, the law, yeah. the law of averages says that it's going. That's the number that's going to drop down significantly. I mean, besides, like my can- biggest fear is that the Chicago Bears will end up being that 2000 Ravens team, where it. Think so? We just need the offense to not screw up, or even like the Denver Broncos team with that Peyton Manning Super Bowl. We just need you to not screw up. The defense will take care of it. But at least with those two teams, they were like recognizable names. Yeah. In terms of the running back position and in terms of your, your pass catchers. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. And I mean, Trubisky is duh. Trubisky's not one of those guys. So, I mean, that's something that's going to remain. That's why I have them further down. I mean, look, I mean, I, there's a lot of others that are saying this team's due for a, reg- a regression. And, I mean, unless their offense takes a really big step forward. And, and plus, how are they going to be defensively? Obviously, with Vic Fangio out of town now. He's now coaching in Denver. But, I mean, I'll let you – I'll say that you have, you have Green Bay in third place. I'll let you speak your piece on that. Uh, so for the Green Bay Packers, my two key losses – one, Mike McCarthy. That one was kind of more understood just because of kind of the okay. rift and the friction between okay. him and Aaron Rodgers. But then you also lose kind of a defensive veteran presence in Clay Matthews, which I think is going to be a huge loss, especially since you have a young, incoming kind of linebacker in Rashawn Gary who you're trying to build around and him be the centerpiece of that defense who, for me, is the Packers' key game in this offseason. So it's going to be a lot of questions in terms of the defensive side of the ball. But then also, my one big question for Green Bay is, now that this is, quote-unquote, Aaron Rodgers' team, like, can he actually elevate that feeling to where they can be a 9-7, a 10-6, an 11-5, kind of get back to that level of success that Aaron Rodgers believes this team can actually be? But if you look on paper, maybe not so much. And it's not as though they have a relatively easy schedule. And so while you look at the roster, you say, okay, you have Aaron Rodgers, who on his day can be top two, top three quarterback in this league. But you still have questions about the running back position, even with solid players. There's health injury. There's suspicion concerns. There's not a whole lot of stability. In terms of your receiving core, yes, you have some pieces, but and similarly with tight ends, yes, you have some pieces, but kind of how are those going to all operate within this kind of offense that Aaron Rodgers is kind of leading, but you have Matt LaFleur, who's kind of a head coach, but probably more than likely going to play second fiddle to Aaron Rodgers. So this, just for me, there's a lot of questions on the offensive side of the ball. And because you have such an alpha personality with Aaron Rodgers, you know, this is going to be his proving year. Because if it doesn't work this year, then people are going to be like, well, it wasn't Mike McCarthy's fault. 
That is true. We'll see. But you got to give it a couple years, though. You can't say after the first year it doesn't work. Oh, well, it was actually all Aaron Rodgers at this time. So a couple years, though. Yeah. I I think this year you kind of – you can kind of expect the growing pains just because the difficulty of the schedule this year, new offense, new everything, kind of getting reacclimated. But Aaron Rodgers isn't getting too much younger. I would say – Unless he does, you know, the Tom Brady, whatever his health medical plan is, can he really be at the top of the mountain or in that first tier for too much longer? Yeah. Yeah, so I I mean, I, I think Green, I think this is a year Green Bay bounces back, though. But, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously... Obviously, David, you and I both have the Lions in fourth place. I just don't. Th- I don't think they're going to be as bad as the Miami Dolphins or the New York Giants. They're, that's because I mean I think they've gotten more. They've gotten more talent than either of those teams. Teams, but we'll. But I mean, what what do you expect? What do you expect record wise for the Lions? Right, so kind of, I'll do the record last because it actually may surprise you. Okay, well, go go ahead, speak your piece, speak your piece on the Lions then. It's a, the Lions, the key loss for me are Robert Ayers and Glover Quinn, kind of two veteran leaders, kind of on that defense. Kind of little issues, but with this defense that had a lot of kind of not so much questions, but concerns as far as kind of this being Matt Patricia's calling card. And your defense really isn't playing too much up. Is that part of Patricia? Is that part of the players not really understanding the system? So then to lose two players that are kind of more recognizable that can actually produce for you on a relatively consistent basis, I think that's, that's going to show later on in the week when you're looking at, okay, if our defense is struggling, who can we turn to to kind of rejuvenate the locker room or to give that fiery pep talk or to kind of kick players' butts in the backside and get them jump-started in the season. And so for me, there are a couple key games. Part of these are, like, really serious, and part of me is just making fun of the Lions. So for me, the key games, C.J. Anderson, Jesse James, Tom Savage, and T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, I would... You can kind of guess which ones are the, the joke ones. I mean, C.J. C. Anderson is, I think, a is a is a solid addition. I don't expect him to be him. He's gonna he's a good good backup to carry on Johnson. They did just cut Theo Riddick, so that probably means they're gonna be rolling with uh, that Ty Johnson kid who they took out of Maryland in the sixth round. Found it running back. I mean, they're as for that. I mean, defensively. I mean, they did, they just add, they just added Mike Daniels. I mean, he's not listed on the depth chart on ESPN, but you got him on the line. You've got with Trey Flowers, here's Romeo Okwara, uh, and also Snacks as well. Well, I think that I mean, I think the Lions. Def- I think the strength of the Lions is going to be their defensive line. Yeah. Uh, and would you agree with that, David? Yeah, I would agree. I think 
kind of, especially since you know, with the kind of moniker and the way that your head coach is trying to build a team around. I think if you have a solid offensive front, solid defensive front, that can win you or keep you close in a lot of games this season. And well, really, in any football season. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me that the key games are going to be at that tight end position where it seems like for the past, what, five, six years, they've been trying to figure out who could be a solid tight end kind of safety valve. And I think T.J. Hawkinson coming out of Iowa, tight end U, like she could be a plug-and-play, uh, an impact player, and then having a reliable quote-unquote backup in Jesse James who's a sure-handed tight end, I think that can help Matt Stafford in a number of ways, especially in the passing game, especially in the red zone. Yeah, yeah, and, pl- and plus, I think, you have to remember, they've brought Daryl Bevel in to run their offense, so, I mean, I, I think they're not, Stafford's not going to be slinging it as much. I mean, he's going to have deep, he's going to have some decent options to throw the ball to, obviously. I think Kenny Galladay is a ni- nice receiver, there, Marvin Jones. I mean, Dan- Danny Amendola. I still think has a little bit left in the tank. You didn't say Galladay was going to be bad. <laughs> well, he's proved me wrong, and I've liked what I've seen out of him, mm-hmm. him so far. I think he. We'll see if he can take another step forward. I mean, Hawkins, Hawkinson, and Jesse James are going to be. He de- are decent though too. I mean, I wasn't real. I'll admit I wasn't thrilled with Hawkinson being taken that high. Because I, I mean, I thought that I was other tight end. Noah Fant was, I bet was better when I watched him play play uh-huh. at Iowa. But uh-huh. it'll be it's. I mean, there's not, it's not like they're short on talent. This, I mean, I'll just say, David, this team is not going to be as bad as the Miami Dolphins, who who have Josh Rosen, who's completely unproven as a quarterback, and Ryan Tannehill, who I've said time and time again, his knees are made of Legos. Well, I mean, Tannehill is now in Tennessee. so you Oh, he, oh Tannehill's gone Miami. now? Okay. Yeah, so they're back. Well, Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be. Oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, excuse me. Yeah, well, Fitz, I think. I think Fitzmagic had a nice run for a couple weeks, and then he kind of fizzled out. Yeah, so my one big question for the Detroit Lions is actually about the offense. And so I'm wondering, okay, when will we actually see Matthew Stafford? Because, I mean, it may seem like a broken record for me, but ever since he got that contract, I've been waiting to see him. And now he has pieces around him. Like, all right, let's see you ball out. Well, like I said, with Daryl Bevel calling plays now, I think this is going to be a little bit more of a run-heavy scheme, kind of like how, kind of like similar to how the Seahawks were when they won when they won the Super Bowl. They were pretty run-heavy as well. But I mean, look, I know Matt Stafford's not Russell Wilson, but let's not. But at the same time, let's not put him in the same category as Josh Rosen. I think that's disingenuous. I mean, I just want him to be middle of the road. Yeah. Like, so now we're blaming everything on him. A lot of people say that him. he's like the most pure passer, and in terms of the prototypical quarterback, Matthew Stafford is the guy that you want to play. Golden Tate was reveling about him 
being the best kind of pro quarterback that he's played with, even though he played with Russell Wilson in his rookie year. Well, a goal, like, well, I'm not sure what Golden Tate was using, but he just got suspended for four games. I mean, it, it just well, look, I everything's know. lining up for Matt Stafford. So, like, no more excuses. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, if the if the Lions go are like four, like win fewer than five games, then yeah, it's gonna be time to hit the reset button. And so, kind of, we'll do predictions from worst to first. I mean, I do actually have to lie. Oh, sorry, David. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I have the Lions going four and twelve. And Matt Patricia not finishing the season. I'm kind of hovering around five and eleven, six and ten. I'm just, I'm kind of stuck. I know there's people saying they can go eight and eight. I'm, I, I want to see. I kind of want to see it first, but I think I, I definitely don't think they're going to be the worst team in the NFL. Is that a fair assessment? It would be close between them and Miami, and Miami's like legitimately trying to tank. Exactly, my Miami's trying to tank for Tua. Yeah, but the Detroit Lions have a brutal schedule. I mean, I'm looking at it now. I yeah, I wouldn't I, be surprised if they're go winless into their bye week, week five. Well, yeah, I, know, I mean, I know I do agree with you that their schedule is definitely a tough one as well because you got to play the AFs, you got to play it. You gotta go out to Arizona. I mean, I think they they can they can win that one. Nah, they can win in they can win in Arizona because likely Kyler Murray's gonna be making his first start. All right, against the LA Chargers, I don't see them winning. There's a possibility I might be going to that game with uh, my good friend Brandon Rates, who's a Chargers fan. Uh, at Philadelphia, yeah, that that's not gonna be a win, and <laughs> at all and. Kansas City coming to town. Yeah, no, thank you. So yeah, I think, think the. I mean, the schedule is tough. You got to go to Green Bay on a Monday night. You get the Vikings at home, the Giants at home in Week Eight. I, they they'll beat the Giants. The Giants are a dumpster fire. Higher, but I'll be interested to see if they're still gonna roll out the corpse of Eli Manning. And they got to go to oh back to back trips to Oakland and Chicago. Oh, I, that's going to be tough to do. Home against the Cowboys. Cowboys are a team I'm I'm kind of bullish on. I mean, I, I think if they're if they're going to do anything, this is going to be the year because then they're going to have to start paying Dak and Zeke and other guys as well. And so that'll be interesting to watch. Then having to go to Washington to play the Redskins. Who this I, is the Lions schedule? Yeah, this is the Lions schedule. I don't think the Redskins are gonna. I don't think they're gonna be that good at all. Home against the Bears on Thanksgiving at Minnesota. Home against Tampa. I definitely think is gonna be a win because the because I think I think Jameis Winston is on his last legs down in Tampa. Go, I mean, going also going to Denver. I know it's tough. It's always tough to win Denver, but I don't think De- I don't think Denver is gonna be any good. I think Joe, Joe Flacco is now a shell of himself, and then home against Green Bay to end the season. So yeah. So basically, the Lions aren't making the playoffs. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. But and you I, think they'll be third in the NFC, not last. They won't. They they'll they'll be near the bottom, but they're not going to be at the bottom. If that makes yeah, I, I understand that. Who's at the bottom? Honestly, I think a team teams that are going to be. At the bottom in the NFC would be the Giants and Buccaneers. Well, well, we're talking about just the North. In the North, well, I think the, the Lions will be they'll be they'll be four they'll be last place team in the NFC North. Okay, but it's not going to have a bottom at the NFC in the right, conference as right. a whole. So that's what we're just talking, we're just talking about the, the actual. Yeah, my, it, right. yeah. So yeah, basically, I, you gave up Caldwell for the pencil pusher. Yeah, what? <laughs> I'm telling you, that's why I always say. Who can you get better when the, it's all out of whack and you got this guy and he just he's the bill of goods. He just they, you got you got rotten cantaloupe basically for a coach. <laughs> he is rotten cantaloupe, rotten muskmelon. Yeah, and that stuff stinks when it rots. I I, I yeah I won't I won't just I won't argue that. So, so I mean I I'm sorry, David. Go ahead. I'll, I'll put it on the record and put it on the air right now. If the Lions win more than six games, I will come to the studio with the horse's head. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. uh, well, so you you will make the trip from Syracuse, Hughes, to the studio, and you will wear the horse's head on the air. Uh, I ha- do you have do you have a horse's head mask, David? I'd have to dig mine out for you to borrow. <laughs> I I will buy an Amazon horse's head mask. Okay. If the Lions win, what over six games or at six? I'll go at six. Okay, so if they get six or you know, more, the, the, the Vegas, o- the Vegas, o- David, the Vegas over under, I think was six and a half. So you want to take the over on that? Yes, the Lions are winning six games. He said they're not winning six. Period. So he's saying five and eleven. So you're going to take and the, below. So you're yeah, you, you're ta- you're going to take you're taking you're taking the under, which I'm kind of taking too. But you say that if they hit the over. That you'll be in studio and you're gonna wear a horse's head mask. Okay, you heard so it here. So basically, from- six is the push. If they hit six, nothing happens. If- so, so here's what we'll do. We'll say we'll make this. Frank and David's over under is five and a half. Right. Basically. So, so if they're five and eleven, he's if actually if they're six and ten, David's cool. But if the Lions win seven games, he's got to wear the horse's head. All right, all right. So he's basically taking the Vegas. So he's basically taking the under the six and a half. Right. Basically, six is the push. Yeah. So so yeah. So he's right. Yeah. Because I'm just basically going off the Vegas over under. Mm-hmm. So if the, the Lions win seven games, which I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, well, hey, I don't think it's going to happen either. If the yeah. Lions win seven games, I'll invest in Calvin Johnson's personal company myself. But. You know how the NFL is. Sometimes you get that surprise season. Uh, the yeah, predicted, I mean, Derek's not wrong. All right, so hey, the Lions could go and have a twelve and four season. We both look like stupid idiots. <laughs> yeah, all, all of us Lions will. Twelve and four. I'll buy season tickets for everybody in the city of Detroit. I don't like that. <laughs> well, you better be careful what you say, David. We'll <laughs> so, got you on record. Uh, t- tell you what, like, that would require Matt Stafford to be MVP of the year. True, D- David. Here, here's what you can do. You can, uh, you could buy, you could buy somebody season tickets, and you can, uh, you could buy me, a, buy me a fifth of gin. Get him some Hennessy. And no, uh, I'll, t- I'll take Tanqueray so I can make a gin and tonic. Mm. You and that Tangeray. Huh. 
Yeah. So yeah. We, we'll wrap this up. Final predictions in order. I'm taking. Lions. Sorry. Go ahead, David. Lions four and twelve. Packers nine and seven. Bears ten and six. Vikings eleven and five. I'm going Lions. Yeah, I'll go five. I'll go Lions five and eleven. Bears seven and nine. Vikings will be eleven and five. Green Bay twelve and four. I think I think Green Bay is going to bounce back in a pretty big way. Man, I, I don't like you guys. I don't expect. I don't. Expect. I don't see why Green. How? I think I have the Green. I have the Packers at nine and seven in third place. I, I've got. I've got them win. I've got them win the North. I think. Because they've really, cause they've improved their they've improved their defense. I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think he's going to kind of go on a revenge tour. Or, I mean, look, he's got weapons around him. I mean, Aaron Jones. I think is going to have a is going to have a breakout year at running back. I think Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in the NFL. No, they're gonna. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna bounce back. Okay. All right. Well, we'll take just, a quick. That's just my opinion. We'll take a commercial break. I go with Bears in the first place. I think they, the, the, you got to beat the champ, and I think Mitch Trubisky's finally putting it together, though. But we'll see. Uh, what's it was the AFC West next, David? Yep, the AFC West. Okay. Well, we'll come back with the AFC West predictions here on eighty-eight point three WXUTs. After further review, make sure you check us out on SoundCloud and on iTunes if you missed the show for our podcast. We'll be back after this.